Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Footy Fans Podcast. Andrew, Santo, and Joe. You can get the podcast on Apple Music. Is that music? Yeah. Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast. Sp- I knew I was going to mess that up. Spotify. Uh, YouTube will be up on there. We have our shorts posted on YouTube. We have the full version of the podcast posted up on YouTube. So get it where you can. Boys, the title race is back on. I mean, it was a oh, few yeah. short weeks ago we were saying, oh, yeah, Arsenal's going to run away with it. They're cl- clearly the favorite still to to bring home the title. Huge game today. We've been hyping it up for weeks now. We finally got to see them play in a Premier League match, not FA Cup, not Carabao Cup, nothing else. Man City toppled Arsenal away at Emirates, which was mm-hmm. kind of a, a mind-blowing uh, you know, experience too. 3-1 w- uh, victors for Man City. What does this mean for the title race? Like, Is this now like a two-headed thing kind of going like the rest of the way now, or is it momentum all in Man City's favor? They still have to play each other one more time in April, I believe. Uh, back at the Etihad, so again, it'll favor Man City, depending on how they do as well leading up to that that match. But who's in the driver's seat now for the title? Yeah, I mean, even though Arsenal have a game in hand, so if they if they win their game game in hand, they'll be three points clear of City. I still think City are the favorites at this point, given that they beat Arsenal away, which you know is can't be can't be overstated. I think. Or understated, I don't even know. But um, you know, now you're going to go back to the Etihad, and for Arsenal to take down Man City after already losing to them this season, and to get points from them at the Etihad, I think it's going to be really tough. City's going to have all this momentum going forward, and Arsenal is going to feel like, oh, you know, did they just kind of blow their chances? I mean, you've had a loss, a draw, and a loss in your last three. Um, and to have that last loss against City can make it really deflating for your title hopes. So. I think it's going to show um, or give Arsenal a chance to show their character, but I would peg Man City for just keeping this momentum going and kind of taking it. Yeah. Yeah, I want to say it's going to be City now um, to win the title. Uh, just because this last run for Arsenal was not not an ideal. I mean, you go on a run like this, that, kinda, that can cost you, especially um, how tight it can be at the top sometimes. Um, granted... City does have their own problems. Mm-hmm. So I don't see City winning out the rest of the season because I know when I don't know if it was I think it was 2 years ago when they went on like a 14 game winning streak to catch up to Liverpool or whatever it was. Um whatever happened that season. Um I don't see that happening this season. So Arsenal is going to have to make the most of when City drop points, which I think they might do. Um which I don't know you guys talked about in the last podcast, they might end up losing 15 points anyway, yeah. depending what happens. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, I do see City um, probably dropping some more points. I know there's like rumors of like wrestling, like stuff going on in the locker room. Who knows if they're true, but we'll have to see. It's going to be an interesting run. Um, it's going to be an interesting run. In. Yeah, just from Arsenal's point of view, their last four matches overall in all competitions, only one point. And that was yeah. a home draw to Brentford. Yeah. So again, like, I don't know what's happening. If it's going to be, um, you know, some shuffling in the locker room has to happen. Thomas Party didn't play today, so Jorginho got his first start for Arsenal. We can kind of see that that core was lacking in the middle of the field because Man City's lineup that they started with, the commentators are, were mentioning it too, it was a very aggressive lineup coming from Pep. Yeah. <laughs> having just three in the back and then not playing 
Like, why? Like, Grealish and Mars aren't really responsible to come back and track back and, you know, play more as defensive wingers. So they're kind of given a free leash to just stay ahead because they had um, Bruno Silva and Raji just kind of shift over to those spots and try and cover for where Mares and Grealish would be if they came back. Yeah. But other than that, it's just an all-out attack from Man City. And yeah. we could see the pressure that they were putting on Arsenal, especially at the beginning of the game. Um, it was kind of flustering, uh, the Gunners, I think. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of goes to show, too, like the mistake by Tamiyasu, which basically just gifted De Bruyne the goal, which, I mean, great finish, too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> very yeah. difficult to get that shot off still and put it in. But... That just kind of goes to show how the pressure from Man City can really, you know, change the flow of the game. Yeah, and for me, the fact that uh, De Bruyne just, you know, did that finish like he did, uh, the commentator made a good point where a lot of players will just come, take that, and take a touch and try and go around the goalie and, you know, yeah, angle's sure. gone. Yeah. De Bruyne to just come. He's not even facing the net, and he just you know has the awareness to know where it is and just like put it clearly past Ramsdale, you know, per- perfectly in the bottom corner. I think it might have like just grazed the post on the way in. Yeah, it was a very. Tight I mean, finish. it was it was a tight finish. I mean, there wasn't a lot to play there with, but he just kind of just took it and uh, made the most of it. Obviously, yeah. Um, but I've I've been a little surprised. Um, with how City's lined up, you know they've they've gone a three uh, uh, a four two three one, and in this case they went with a three two four one. I don't know if it's just Pep who's been wanting to play this system, and he's changing up his classic four three three. I don't know why he feels this is more effective and why he's changing what's kind of worked. Um, Maybe he feels like he can put Haaland more of a focus and have more attacking players behind him that can go up and support him instead of having just like a flat front three. So that that might be it, and maybe have more people in the middle, because um, maybe Haaland can take more of that load going forward. But yeah, they lined up the same against Tottenham, or no, against Tottenham they did a four a four two three one. Yeah, skimming is Villa. Villa Villa they did uh, the same formation they did today. Um, Basically, it looks like it was basically in preparation for this game because it's the exact same lineup, almost. Um, so I don't, I don't fully know why he's changed, but um, we'll see if this kind of works out for him, uh, and if Holland starts getting getting more involved. Yeah, I do think with the players City have and with how much possession they have, I do think a three, three, two, four, one probably is best for them. Um, yeah, because you got you have four guys there in the middle of the field, right? Well, because and they're outside backs. They always you see a lot of the times their outside backs always become inverted anyway and play in the midfield. Um, and you know they do have quality center backs with like Ake Diaz, you know Kyle Walker, um, plus Ederson, who's you know a makeshift <laughs> defender with yeah. how he can pass. Um, so I do think this favors them a lot. It gets more bodies in the midfield, and you know you still have. What you have four essentially four center midfielders, um, two wide guys, and Holland up top. I do think, um, this allows them to get the most out of everyone mm-hmm. and get like as many of their best players on the field as possible, yeah. Um, because you'll get Rodri, De Bruyne, Gundogan, and Silva. Like, <laughs> take your pick, um, yeah. And then you know, Grealish, obviously, he's been playing really well, so uh, finally got his goal today, I th- yeah. You know, it might be because, you know, with four two three one, you get the inverted outside back, so they come in the middle and you have your outside guys. 
there were, and we've seen it in the past, where City would get, if they got caught out of possession, they would be exposed in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we talked about how, even though they've had, like, this amazing, successful run over the years, I think one of their, um, I guess, criticisms is that they do get exposed, especially when they get the ball turned over uh, in the midfield. So I think this might relieve the pressure of the two center backs when uh, possession gets turned over because Walker and uh, Ake don't got to come into the middle to start collecting possession and act like a center midfielder. And instead, you got Rodri and Silva doing that. Mm-hmm. So you have Ake, Diaz, and Walker there if you lose possession um, and they can still get involved in the play. Um, and they're not kind of being wasted on the outside because for me, having outside backs and wingers is kind of a waste. Like, I don't think you need two really wide both. guys yeah um so that might be it i don't know what do you think well just knowing pep too and the way that he likes to play with possession and everything this is just a possession team's dream of how to play yeah yeah because looking at the lineups now we're just we're just looking at the, the picture of starting 11 for both for both sides and the way that the graphic is lined up they have their three center backs of uh ake diaz and walker like on the top of the 18 yard box like just for the graphic's sake mm-hmm. but during the game they're almost at half like they're yeah. pushed so far up. Yeah. So like when you actually see it play out in real time during the actual match, that middle is just so congested with bodies, but it just favors Man City because they can close down quickly. They can put high press on. They can possess the ball. Like they're like one of the best teams, um, you know, in the Premier League and even in in Europe that can do that. And yeah, it just allows the defenders to be that much closer to the midfielders for breakout plays for. You know, when the ball gets turned over and they can regain possession or whatever the case is. So I think, yeah, it just makes a lot more sense to play this way. And we just talked about it, how they had the same formation against Aston Villa last week. And both those games combined were six to like six goals for two goals against, you know, two wins. Mm-hmm. And the pre- previous formation against Tottenham that Sanz was talking about, they lost that match 1-0. Mm-hmm. So clearly Pep was probably saying, okay, we have to fix something here. He's obviously a guy who's very meticulous with his strategies and game planning so he probably said okay we lost let's change it up let's do something yeah. different let's try this out i'm sure they, they have tried this formation like in the training ground they don't just like wing it on you know yeah. on sunday but um no I, I just think it's another example of just like pep kind of being the ultimate um strategist and like manager mm-hmm. and i saw a stat actually too before the game started the last 10 Premier league matches for of this of these two teams man city's won all 10 games yeah, like Arsenal were zero and ten coming in in Premier League matches, so I mean we, it just goes to show like Pep has Arteta's numbers still. Um, I, mean, I did say that they they lost uh, in the FA Cup a few weeks back to sorry Arsenal lost to Man City in the FA Cup a few weeks ago as well. But this is when it really really matters and really counts, and this is by far the biggest match of the season. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, for the whole entire Premier League. So. All eyes were on it, and I mean, for the game to go the way it did in the first half, first half with the De Bruyne goal, and then the Enketia, you know, penalty and Saka finish, yeah, it kind of just set the tone for second half, saying, okay, like we're all even now, kind of like what you're saying, Santo. Mm-hmm. And second half came out, and we just saw two different sides. Like, yeah, Man City just dominated. Um, yeah. Again, another kind of turnover created the goal for Grealish, and then Haaland finally got his deserved goal. He was, you know, running his ass off all game, kind of being a pest. Yeah. And what was the stat, Santo? He has now the broke of the record for Man City. Yeah, so he's got 26 Premier League goals this season, which is wild. Like 20, 23 games in, 26 goals. 
Um, so he tied Sergio Aguero for the most uh, Premier League goals by Man City player. And this is just, again, it's Premier League goals, not all competition, just in the Premier League. Uh, Sergio Aguero had the title at 26 in 2014-2015. Um, so Holland just tied him on that, and uh, he still has 15 games to play. <laughs> That's nuts. Uh, which is still wild to me. I mean, 26 goals. Harry Kane's in second. We were just talking about it before. Harry Kane's got 17, which... If Holland wasn't here and Harry Kane had 17 goals at this stage of the season, everyone would be talking about it because it's just absurd. It's kind of like the season uh, when Leicester won and Tottenham was sitting second the entire time. Everyone was talking about Leicester, but Tottenham is like, oh, Tottenham's in second. They could win. The yeah, they could win. Right? Then they got yeah. third. <laughs> I saw a stat like uh, Tottenham got third in the two horse race. It's kind of funny. <laughs> but to be fair, they lost. They lost and like, they were just like, whatever. We're yeah, they and pissed then, that season away at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, you know, we're not going to win. We're going to make Champions League. It doesn't matter. So, they, you know, rest guys, whatever. Um, still funny. <laughs> funny thing, though. Um, but yeah, no, like like you said, I, you know, it was a it was a mistake by Tommy Asu at the start. Um, that gifted De Bruyne the goal. Um, and like I said, it was, I mean, call it what you will, but Arsenal tied it up, which was good in the sense that, are you going to halftime even? Let's like see who the better team is mm. now. And then City still come out and, you know, force errors by Arsenal. So I I think it was a really good game. I think City were the better side. Um, and it's just, we got to see how, how these two teams go for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, it, at this point, it is too hard to just, like say like put all your eggs in one basket. When we did it before the Arsenal, it's because they had like, eight points, six, seven point lead. It was it yeah, eight? eight at one point. I think. Yeah, up to eight points at one uh, at one point of the season. So, just the recent run of form from Arsenal, like obviously the the draw to Brentford hurts. The loss at Everton was like crushing for them. Yeah, um, it could be even worse if Man City would have picked up points that same weekend. But with that loss yeah. to Tottenham, that kind of helped Arsenal out. But them being level on points, Arsenal still have the one game in hand. I'm not sure which game in the schedule is like that one game in hand that we'll we'll see when that is. Mm-hmm. Probably like a midweek game or something. Uh, just kind of slot it into the schedule. But yeah, it's I, I've been so pro Arsenal this whole season, and that's now like being a Chelsea supporter. It's like I hate to see it because I like I want to see Arsenal do bad. But like I had all my eggs in one basket for Arsenal this year. And I was looking forward to seeing them win, have a new champion. Yeah. But now it's just like, you see them slipping away a little bit and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but it's just like, I thought they were going to comfortably take the season away. Yeah. But like when you let Man City and Pep just open the door a little bit, like you better watch out because they could just mm-hmm. come, like they can just smell blood now in the water. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, we've seen them close down, you know, Liverpool in the past and have like some pretty good battles with them. Uh, even like with Chelsea and Tottenham in the last recent couple seasons as well. Like once they get ahead, they don't really look back, which is also kind of a scary thing. Yeah. So like if they can manage to pull a bit of a lead against Arsenal, like whatever the results are from the makeup game that Arsenal has and whatever streak Man City can get on, Arsenal can drop points here and there. If they can get, you know, a three, four point lead at some time yeah. and level on games played, like you better watch out. Yeah. yeah. I think at that point it'll probably be done because I know City, when City was in a position where they're like, we're in our own destiny. We just got to win every single game. Mm-hmm. They, they won all those games and Liverpool won all their games. They still sought out. So they know how to win titles. Yeah. So if they get level on points with Arsenal and there's like a three, four point gap, I think it's going to be very, very, very yeah. tough for Arsenal. City just just like, the mind, the mindset's going to be not in Arsenal's exactly, favor. Yeah. Cause they, 
I don't think Arsenal has been well, especially with the players they have now. They've never been in that position where it's like, oh, we got to catch a team at the top. Very tough. Yeah. Very tough. Yeah, I think City really feed off, and you know, it would. I think like any team would, but obviously with City being at the top for so long, and we've seen it time and time again, where I feel like, like you said, when they're in the spot where it's just like, all right, we're ahead, we just got to win every game. They really feed off that that confidence and that control, I guess. Um, and they just go in every game. They're like, all right, this is the game. We just got to win. Like we have to mm. win, and they're not really thinking about any other team. Um. So yeah, um, I I do want to touch on uh, Grealish because you know he scored today. Um, he's been playing like really well. He's been starting, uh, making a huge impact for the team. Um, is it starting to turn to the situation where you know there was a one time he brought in Mars, he was like kind of struggling, and now he's Riyad Mars on City, who's like really just a key winger for them. Are we starting to see it with Grealish where it's like, you know, he was like kind of struggling. He's like, uh, and now he's just like, he has like a clear role that clearly contributes to the team uh, every game. And it's noticeable. And he's just like, he's in. Yeah. I mean, I know Phil Foden was out for a bit. I don't know if it was injury or illness. Um, so that did give Grealish like, you know, some time to actually play. Um but yeah, I mean, I said it last year, like, Pep makes players better. Um, so I think we're seeing Grealish turn into the player that Pep wanted him to be. I mean, granted, even last year when he was struggling, you always saw it. You can tell this game a lot. Like, he just he, he carries the ball up the field. Yeah. Like, all every... it's He doesn't really, like, get it and, like, pass it back like too too much if he gets the ball and he turns and he starts running he'll carry the ball like 20 odd yeah. yards up the field then it just gets them in a position where their whole team is now on the other team's end yeah um and i think that's what really um was really attractive to pep and you know he's getting some key assists some key goals which is good so yeah you know good for him you know we'll see um it'll be interesting to see because like like I said, Mars was really struggling, and then it was a like period like two years ago, like even last year maybe, where it was like Mars was their go-to guy to score goals. Yeah. So we'll see if the same thing happens with Grealish. Um, but yeah, I think Mars led them in goal scoring a couple years ago, didn't he? I think he was two. their leading goal scorer in all comps. I don't know if it was last year yeah. or the year before that. Well, I yeah. think last year it was Gundogan or something, and then before that might have been Mars. Yeah. yeah. It was flipped. Yeah. He. Yeah. He did good for a good spell there. Mm-hmm. With Grealish, my biggest. The best comparison I think I can make to Grealish is like a point guard in the NBA. Because it's like, in the NBA, you know, a rebound happens and then gets like pushed to the point guard right away. He just carries out the floor and mm-hmm. then he just facilitates. That's kind of what Grealish does. Like a turnover can happen at any point in the field or Ederson can get the ball and collect it. Gives you a Grealish who's already 30 yards up and he can just, yeah, like Joe said, carry it 20, mm-hmm. 25 yards and then just uses pace and agility to get into different spots in the pitch and then send a ball in, take a shot, do whatever. So it's a good skill to have. Yeah. Time. And like a lot of players, you know, try to do that on other teams and they might not have the confidence or they might not have like the skill set to do so. Like a player like, like Almiron for Newcastle kind of reminds me of that. Or even actually St. Maximin too, kind of same thing for, for Newcastle. But Grealish has kind of made a name for it now, and he does win the fouls. Obviously, he does get fouled like the most in the Premier League, so that's obviously a benefit for Man City that can get you know free kicks in good positions. 
but I think we touched about it, touched on it last week. He he isn't there to score goals. Yeah, mm-hmm. like goals from him are a huge bonus. Like today's goal was kind of out of nothing. Again, another turnover, and you know Gundogan played him in and he scored. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't like the nicest of finishes either, but still still a goal counts. But he's yeah, a bonus from Grealish is just a oh sorry, a goal from Grealish is just a big bonus for your team because he's not there to give you 10, 15, 20 goals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's there to maybe get you three, four, maybe create some assists. He's like the second assist guy. Like in hockey, there's always two assists. It's like yeah. it can Grealish to De Bruyne to Haaland. Yeah. And like that would yeah. be like, you know, his yeah. contribution. That doesn't show up on the score sheet, but he's still very effective. And the more you watch, like a lot of players or a lot of, uh, sorry, a lot of fans or just neutral, you know, watch to the game will say, oh, Grealish didn't score today. Oh, Grealish wasn't too involved. But if you actually watch the game, and you can like, you know, target him a little bit when you're watching, and like actually like keep your eyes on him. He does a lot of things that go unnoticed, mm-hmm. yeah, or a lot of things that don't come up on the stat line. That again just benefits Man City on just breakout plays, um, coming off turnovers, you know, getting out of trouble. Like he's a very valuable player to them. Yeah, and again, he doesn't get the credit he deserves sometimes, or sometimes he gets labeled as a flop or fl- flopper, or he's like not very good. My yeah. dad, my dad can't stand him, but my dad's also like sixty three years old. So he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't really understand like what a player like Jack Grealish can bring to the table. But he, um, no, he he started to finally like get recognition as he should. And in the case of just players in that position, like Foden, like he's back this game, but he didn't start. I don't know if he came in as a sub or not. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, yeah, he, he did. came in later. But on those two wings, like you got Grealish and Mares, like who else can you really put in on the wing that's going to challenge Grealish now for that spot? Yeah, like he's yeah. kind of successfully taken that job from Foden. Like we'll see what he what happens in the next few weeks when he's fully healthy. But just looking at the available bench for today's game, like you'd have to do like a formation change for him to not play. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and that's the thing you don't really see anyone else on City who can do that. Where they just pick up the ball, they'll like turn a guy and just run up the field. They just like kind of like glide past people. Like he doesn't he doesn't do anything crazy. He just like sees the space and just like runs at space. And with his, uh, pace, he can, he can do that. Uh, and he draws fouls. I mean, yeah, like maybe you dive, but it's you also it, being able to draw fouls is also a thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's good to see. Um, uh, always like seeing it when a big move actually works out. Um, and doesn't turn into a flop. So, <laughs> Um, because we've seen it time and time again. <laughs> I'm seeing it right now, <laughs> Chelsea. Uh, um, six hundred million dollars worth of moves. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just all in all, really, really good game. Um, super competitive. Good to see it. Mm-hmm. Joe. Yeah. No, like I said, good on. We'll we'll see. I think next year will be the telltale sign whether Grealish is like, hey, he's like a solid person that Pep's going to keep there for like next three to four years. Um, yeah, because I do, I do think he does have to score maybe a bit more goals. Um, what does he have three right now in the Premier? Yeah, League? less it's under um, five. I want to say, yeah, because yeah. uh, I mean, granted, Holland's there and he's bagging all the goals. I think. Well, I mean, we'll see. City could win the Champions League this year. Well, that, who knows what's going to happen there? Um, Possible, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, City has 59 goals for this season. And he said Holland has 26 of them. Yes. Yes. Right. So, math. What is that? 33 more goals? There's 33 goals elsewhere. Yeah. What is coming from Man City, which actually kind of is, is a lot of numbers. It's a big number. 
Who has the other 33 goals at City? <sighs> Santo? Uh, I'm trying to... Can you look that up or no? Yeah, trying to get it. Yeah, because like in my mind, because when I was hearing the pundits out, they're like, oh, like they're so reliant on Holland, which they are great Let's on go. some level. Manchester um, City. Like he's getting all the goals. I didn't know yeah, they so had. Yeah, so we got Holland, <laughs> Holland with 26, uh, Phil Foden with seven, Mares with five, Alvarez with four, De Bruyne with four, and then uh, Grealish and Gunwin with three each, and then Cancelo, Rodri, and Silva with two each. So you got, uh, how many is that? Well, I mean, that'd have to be, what, 33? 11. Uh, no, 11 different goal scores. Um, Make up 33 goals and one guy gets 26. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's a weird one because I was listening to some videos and they were saying how like Holland is like, that they're so reliant on Holland, it's tough for them on some level, but like, I never actually looked at the stats. To me, it, they made it sound like Holland has like 75, 80% of their goals. And like from my just like mental like awareness, I thought that was kind of with how many he's had. But no, I think it's like a good balance. Like you still have like a ton of goals coming from everywhere else. You have 33 goals for from the other everyone else. Then just one guy's crushing well, it. Well, yeah. And it's it's tough for, I think, to, to say that because I think you... City won last year without Holland, and they just had played a false nine, and they had they scored goals from everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you also have to take that and say, you know, they're just adjusting the formation with the players that they have, and if they know Holland's a finisher, then they're working around that, and they're just utilizing that. Um, because I don't know if you can make the argument that you know if he wasn't there that they wouldn't be in this position because that's what they did last year. But it really helps. It definitely <laughs> helps, um, unless you know people start trying to like learn to shut him down and mm-hmm. they have to adjust that. But you know, if it's working, you just keep doing what's working until you have to adjust. Right. You know, it's like when they lost Aguero, yeah. they, he was their guy and then they had to adjust and yeah, it worked. Um, so yeah, gotta, gotta give credit where credit's due. I think. Um, but like it really has been since Aguero that we have seen a goal score like this from Man City. Yeah. Like for all the talent that they've had, it's been, like at this point of the season, it would be like maybe Foden has twelve or thirteen more goals because he has to pick up the slack or however yeah. they play. De Bruyne, uh, him him as well. He has four four in the season. At this point of the season, he had like ten. Yeah, know, a couple years ago. So like it's just taking some pressure off these guys. No, they don't want to get complacent and only rely on yeah Holland to score. But he just creates such a different dynamic for them going forward. Yeah, that they just haven't really had since Aguero. Yeah, and was did Pep have Aguero when he got there? For any seasons or no? Oh. Do you guys remember? I think he was already there when Pep got there. Yeah. Okay. I want to say yes. Because like we've seen, we've seen in the past, like with Pep teams, like he's had Lewandowski at you know, Bayern Munich, well, I think. Well, yeah, because Aguero scored the Aguero goal, and that was when Mancino was there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like the first when they won the title. Yeah. Well, yeah, but like since then. Yeah, and then Pep got there, and Aguero was already there. Because I know there was an issue where like. He what he was he Pep brought in Gabriel Jesus because mm-hmm. he thought he was gonna be like the replacement for Aguero, but Aguero was like still crushing it. So. Okay, so maybe one or two seasons. Yes, I don't think it's that many. No, well, he's only how long has Pep been there? Twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen. Yeah, not too too long. Yeah, maybe I yeah. think he had like two, three, three years, maybe four. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. It, all, it all kind of gets into a blur. Yeah, I don't. But like we just, we, I'm just saying. My point is that we've seen Pep sides before with him at Barcelona, him at Bayern Munich before this. 
he's had like number nines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That you know work well with him, and like obviously he's like super successful with his other other clubs. So for him to want a number nine and finally get it, like like look how well it's working out for them. Clearly. Yeah. Um. And it must just be like a luxury too, because like having a false nine, I think there's a lot more tactics involved with like how to create chances. Yeah. And now it's kind of like, okay, we already have this guy here in this position. We just know he's going to be there and he can kind of like, obviously there's still tactics behind it and he has to go to certain spots of the field to make chances created, but he's already there Mm -hmm. because a false nine, you have to like shift in that position and like have guys kind of go in and out of this, like, you know, get done. I don't want to get too technical, but like, you know, pull defenders in and like have guys with movement off the ball. With with Holland already being there, either on last man and making that move, it's just already like I said, he's already there. Yeah, like there's a ton of <clears throat> videos out there of guys breaking down, you know, previous seasons with Man City, and they're trying to create chances, and they'll say like De Bruyne gets the ball here at point A on the field, he looks up and there's no one ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he has to either wait for the team to come up behind him and like build up a little bit on a counterattack, where they show the exact same scenario. I think it's the second or third week of the season. Where he receives the ball in the same spot, he looks up and, De- and Holland's already making like a yeah. diagonal run in behind the defender, yeah. which didn't exist for them the last couple of years. So again, yeah. it just gives them that already quick option or that quick outlet to try and, you know, turn a goal scoring opportunity that would have taken them five, six, ten seconds or whatever, maybe t- five, six, ten passes to build up last couple of years into like maybe like a three pass like goal. Yeah. And we've seen that before really work out for Holland, like getting it behind defenders with his pace and his size and his strength. Yeah. And again, it's just a whole new dynamic that they didn't have. That's just like yeah. a luxury to have. It's it's funny because after he scored today, the, the commentator said how like, oh, it's a goal he needed because he hasn't been on score sheet in like four games. Ooh. And it's, it's just funny how it's like there's like you do so well and then there's just the expectation there where it's like if he just like finished the season – with what he has now, doesn't score a single goal the rest of the season. Yeah. I like. I think it's inevitable that some people are going to say like, "Oh, he had like a like not a great stretch at the end of the season," which is which is fair because he you know he wasn't scoring. But like for him to come in this first season and to like if he finished the season with twenty six goals to just tie Aguero's record in this first season, like that is a massive accomplishment. In yeah, your, honestly, in your first season in the Premier League. So yeah, um, then you definitely got to put it into perspective mm-hmm. uh because yeah they got what at this rate uh, finished with 30 like or 41 I'm close to 40 probably yeah. right i'm just trying to think i don't know the last time they had like a 30 goal score um uh, in the Premier League. go to all season know if it's... that's all to that's oh total. like all <laughs> Uh, they're 2017, 2018. Oh, yeah, when Mo Salah and Harry Kane. Mo Salah, Harry Kane, 32 and 30. Yeah, when Mo Salah had his, like... like yeah. Set, that was, like, his set breakout. The, set the stage. That's when Liverpool... They got close. That's when they had 99 points? Uh, something like that. Alexis Sanchez had 24 goals. Jeez. Kane wow. had 29. Yeah, Kane's just... Been, Kane, like, last decade, man, Kane's just, yeah, he's just been on one. Obviously, 216 goals. Yeah. Uh... For Tottenham in his career, you're gonna score a lot. You're gonna lead the league a lot of the time in goals scored. But yeah, 20, was it 2017, 18, yeah. So it's been o- almost six years since we've seen somebody crack the 30 goal mark, and Allen's four goals away from that with how many? 18 games to play. Uh, fifth. City is 15. 15 games to play. Uh, I wonder if you had a 40 goal season. 
I don't know. Can you check like yeah. like filter by seasons? I don't know how to do that. Hang on. <laughs> Most goals scored in a single season in the EPL. Well, we can date back to like the 1800s for that, maybe. Yeah. Suarez had a. Yeah, just check every single one. Remember Gareth Bale? Yeah. Just lighting it up. Now he's retired. He's going to be golfing now, eh? Yeah. 34. 34 right now is the record in 94-95, Alan Shearer. Hmm. So they'll be talking about that soon on every broadcast. Yeah. Yeah, so 34. Oh, tie, well, he's tied. Andrew Cole has 34 as well, and then Salah has 32. So it is tight. <laughs> I would be surprised if Holland doesn't break that. He record. has 26. He has 26, 15 games left. Who knows, man? He could just, like, get, he just like get another hat trick. <laughs> like, <laughs> he could. He could literally come out next week. He could uh, just, like, come out against Nottingham Forest, right? They have played Nottingham Forest? Yes. Yeah, so like he could just mm-hmm. come out and get a hat trick against Nottingham Forest. He could. It's very I mean, po- it's very Nottingham Forest is like been on the upswing like hard recently. yeah but then the return game yeah they are playing Bournemouth they are playing Bournemouth so back to back away early games they're away both away yeah um, they have a dirty away schedule coming up yeah. five, well, away, I mean, five Crystal away matches Crystal Palace going. away isn't the issue Crystal Palace at home is the issue <laughs> <laughs> always Crystal Palace Crystal Palace at the Etihad is an issue <laughs> If Crystal Palace played at the or played every game like they played at the Etihad, they would be top four team. Every yeah, season. if they just had an away schedule, they'd be great. <laughs> just an away schedule at the just Etihad. Just an away schedule playing all the games <laughs> at the Etihad. All, yeah, all neutral field, all games at Etihad. Still with Man City fans there, though. <laughs> just, <laughs> like, now we need the Man City fans here. <laughs> oh, I love it. Super strange. Yeah, no, they're, they're like a unicorn of a team when it comes to like the top top teams. Yeah, especially against City. <laughs> It's, it's Joe's favorite matchup. <laughs> is the 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 Crystal Palace and Man City? Uh, well, I think I think I like I said before they play. It's like that's gonna be. I I think all the City fans know it too because even the, you're, I think you were saying before, it's like City don't like when Crystal Palace go to the Etihad. There's just like a thing. Mm-hmm. It's very strange. Well, I feel like almost some of it is like you play down to competition, which you should never do. Clearly, mm-hmm. but like you have such swagger as like a team like Man City, where you just are expected to win every single game. And it's Crystal Palace. Like, it's not fucking, you know, it's yeah. man, you coming into your house. So, they, I think just every single time they just doubt them, but then Palace just shows up, man. I'm just telling it's just ever since the volley from Townsend, it's been, <laughs> down, it's been downhill it. from there. How is it? <laughs> it's like, been downhill from you there. You got Palace <laughs> losing to Southampton in the FA Cup. You got Palace, uh, Palace lost to Chelsea this year. That's, there you go. That's That should tell you everything. Lost to Tottenham. Lost to Fulham. Um, why did they play Napoli? What the hell was that? Yeah. Oh, that's just like the uh, Maybe uh, like friendly. Uh, friendly in between the, the World, World Cup. Cup. Yeah. yeah. Uh, lost to Nottingham Forest this year. But then they go ahead and beat West Ham. They lose to Everton. They beat Wolves. Like they're just such a weird team. They're just mid table. Beat Leeds. They're mid table team. They're mid table team that will take, beat. Take some. Twice. They take some points from the top, lose some points from the bottom, and they just end up. <laughs> oh, did they? Did Man City beat them at home this year? Yeah, thirty played. 
four two. That was uh but they were down two nil. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah oh, okay. No, yeah. This yeah. was the game we talked oh. about. This was the game that City would normally lose yeah. in Holland. That uh, I remember this game. Yeah, because like, like, they were losing. <laughs> like they Holland gets a hat trick in 19 minutes. Typically do, and then Holland. normally would, and then Holland is yeah, here. Yeah, then Holland gets. 19 minutes, second half hat trick. I, okay. Yes. Yeah. But they were down two nil. <laughs> that was the shaking off of the old yeah, yeah, was shaking City. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> losing like always. And then Holland comes up. Uh, anyone else you guys want to go? Really, like, um, I do want to touch on just like top four in general. You know, um, Manu was getting dangerously close to City, which they, I don't think I think it's been like years. I think since they've been ahead of City or something like that in the table. I think probably after like so many games. I don't know, like like first two games of the season they might be, but mm-hmm. um, I think I heard that. So, you know, they're sitting in third, which, you know, good for them. I mean, Man U's had their struggles and, you know, the the vibe around there is getting really positive with, you know, it was the same thing with Arsenal where you you haven't had that kind of energy um, in a long time. So credit to Arsenal Man U, you know, they've been struggling for a really long time um, and they're starting to get back in form. Um, so Man U's sitting pretty, pretty nicely in, in third, um, five points ahead of Newcastle, but Newcastle has a game in hand. You know, Newcastle's had just draws galore last five games, four draws <laughs> in their last five. Um, so their Tottenham is getting a little close to them, but they just got to win their game in hand and they'll be uh, five points clear of them. Yep. So I still see like a decent, decently solidified top four. I mean, anything can happen with 15 games left, but um I I still probably peg just the top four now is probably going to be the top four. Now, I I think it's going to be Man City, Arsenal top two. I don't know where Man U and Newcastle are going to finish relative to each other. But uh, just how Newcastle's been playing, uh, see like a lot of good structure there um, mm-hmm. with what's going on. So, yeah. 11 draws. Does that concern you at all? It does, but... It doesn't concern me in the sense because I think a lot of those would have been losses in the past, and that's why they weren't top four. Good point. Um, Not top four. That's probably why they were relegated. <laughs> yeah, in the past, <laughs> why, why they're valid relegation. But um, yeah, I think you you're just starting to see you know more consistency. You know, you're you're not getting a lot of goals scored against you. You know, you have 13 goals against, which is the lowest in the league. Very much so. Um, so, yeah, I think they're just picking up draws or staying really structured. And, yeah, of course, you want those to be wins, but you also don't want them to be losses. So yeah. um, I think it's uh, it's not the um, the worst thing, especially with where they were last season. So yeah. just how they're playing, I, I think it's all good signs. Yeah. I mean, that's the heart. It's, I think it's a lot more difficult to build, like, a solid defensive structure. Because mm-hmm. you could go, like... You know, go sign two or three like really like players, and you can probably start finding goals from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I think it's, I think it's good that they have this defensive structure going on where they're not conceding a lot of goals. I think it gives them a good, really good foundation to like, um, you know, go sign a couple, you know, players to, that'll get them these goals. I think because that's really all they need now, yeah. um, just some goals. Um, but it's t- in terms of like the structure, like that's there already, which is good. Um, which I'm I surprised it only took like one season. 
Yeah. For, to just like, yeah. I feel like relegation. Know, like a, we're just like a solid, def- like we have a really the best defense in the league right now. And they didn't really do paper. a big overhaul on, on the team either. No, no. Like, yeah, they, they had the money come in last year, but they didn't like splash a ton of money like we thought they would. No. And, you know, revamp the entire team, kind of like what Chelsea tried to do. And I think it was like small, minor changes, but it was more of a yeah. coaching culture thing yeah. that Eddie Howe brought that has really affected the team. And, I mean, we've seen it, like, I think my biggest takeaway from the top four that we see now, Man City or Man City, that's who they're going to be. But between Arsenal, Man United, and Newcastle, it's been really fast rebuilds. Yeah. yeah. Like, accelerated rebuilds within, within a two, three-year period. Starting with Arsenal, I guess, I think they're the first ones to really, you know, kind of start from scratch. And with Arteta, and we saw in the All for Nothing documentary from a couple seasons ago where... Like he was almost on his way out, and yeah. the coaching staff or the um, ownership was behind him fully, and said, "Hey, just give him time." You know, he came to them and said, "Let me have some time. I'd really need to like help this team. I know I can help this team. Let me just get you know the players to do so and whatever." And it's working clearly. The uh, United, same kind of thing. You know, Mourinho was there, Solskjaer was there. Um, those guys out, they kind of just disbanded the team a little bit, changed everything up, and then they bring Ten Hag in. He probably says, "Hey, let me run the team how I want to run it." Yeah get faith in me, let me get the players. And again, culture thing, it's working. And then we just we just touched on now with Newcastle and Eddie Howe, same kind of thing. He didn't bring in a ton of money to overhaul players, but they might have changed the facility a little bit. They might have upgraded um, some facilities, changed his team morale. Um, you know, obviously, again, him just being a manager who's been in the Premier League for a long time with Bournemouth, and he brought them from like the depths of whatever league they were in into the Premier League. Yeah, He already has that confidence behind him that he can do this. Yeah. And now it's just accelerated again with Newcastle being in the top four because Bournemouth never got into the top 10, I don't think. Or if they did, it might have been like a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. But now with that chance with Newcastle, like he's just proving that he can manage the top four, top five side. Yeah. And he's getting the results in the players. They're all like, you know, diving into what the mentality is of the team. And I gotta keep bringing it back to my team. Like I think this is what Chelsea has to really do. Uh, ownership just came out and said that they're going to evaluate Graham Potter on what he can do in years, not what he can do in months. Yeah. So he's kind of getting that little boost from Todd Bowley and ownership mm-hmm. that he's like hopefully going to be there for years to come. And I think he wants patience from the fan base to just say, okay, it might be a bit of a grind. Like, yes, we spent all this money and everything, but they kind of just believe in the manager. And he, I think Grand Potter even came out and like bet on himself a little bit and saying like, yeah, no, I know I can do this job. Yeah. Like, he basically just said, I got any time, which again, the world of football time is, can be, two mm-hmm. months or it could be two years like you never know like what is gonna like um determine your success is it gonna be short term or long term everybody wants short term but again the three teams i just talked about arsenal manu and newcastle they did have to go through years of shit yeah mm-hmm. like newcastle i mean arsenal we talked about last year finishing relegation zone like hopefully or possibly man united this year had a terrible start to get the the, the season this year too newcastle's been the kind of constant that's been in that spot Last couple of seasons, like we yeah. saw like the turnaround from last year. But uh like what Santo touched on, these top four, Man City, Arsenal, United, Newcastle, I don't think they're gonna budge. I think they're just too solid of teams now because they're teams that don't really have much weakness. Yeah. Like you can't look at these sides now because with Manu bringing in Casemiro, that was like their big one glaring hole. Yeah. He fills that void now and like now they're just killing it. Yeah. Arsenal, they have the youngest team in the league and more like the strongest core. Man City, again, it's Man City. Newcastle, I guess like they are the kind of new kids on the block, but 
they're just playing so well right now that you don't see cracks in their team. Yes, could they score more goals? Probably. Mm-hmm. But you can say that about any team too. Mm-hmm. But them only allowing 13 goals, the lowest we've seen, you know, for years and years, like that's just so impressive. Mm-hmm. 13 goals at this point in the season is actually crazy. Yeah. Wild. Like one goal every other game, basically. That's yeah, it. I just checked the stat. The lowest uh, goal scored against in a Premier League season was um, 15. And Chelsea had that in 2004, 2005. So it's been almost almost 20 years Yeah. Um, since we've seen a team have this many, uh, this least amount of goals scored. Again, I don't know if, if Newcastle is only going to concede two more goals the rest of the season. It would be super impressive. But um, the, but they're up there with like the top teams, like, you know, top defensive teams in the league um, in like Premier League history. Yeah. Yeah. Super good to see. So hopefully they can, they can keep it up. Big time. Yeah. At the bottom, we have. Oh God, <laughs> I feel just depressing scrolling down to the year sometimes. Yeah, okay, it's just so much red. Oh, uh, but what's face is that Everton now? Sean Dyche. Yeah, yeah, they got a. I think that's a really good appointment, actually. Yeah, again, just talking another guy who's kind of been through the ranks and able to bring clubs um, out of you know the lower levels and lower tiers into the Premier League. He did it with Burnley all those years ago, and they were able to stay up for like a long time until. You know their demise of last season, mm-hmm. but again, like what's just so mind blowing to me is just one win can propel you like three or four spots. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, just one win, like just somebody just please, win. like it's gonna win. The bottom table is just it's dying for somebody to win, man. From Leeds in seventeenth to uh, Southampton in in twentieth, only two wins a piece out of their last five games for all these teams. Yeah, like that's not good. No, just <laughs> shut. I'm still shocked West Ham is here. Wolves, I think, are on the upswing, uh, hopefully. New manager. Yeah. West Ham, shocked. Got, what's his face? Who's, like, obviously a really good manager. David Moyes. Yeah. And, like, the teams, is, it's just strange. Yeah. Good to see Leicester is kind of, like. <laughs> yeah, getting, getting, getting safer. <laughs> getting safer. I can't, I can't bear Leicester getting relegated. No. <laughs> no, they're they're the best number. They're the best thirteenth team of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they really are. And you, you can even say that about West Ham right now too. Like they, I don't get that team either. They have, you know, good goalkeeping. Um, what's his name? Uh, Fabianski. Fabianski. Yeah, good goalkeeping from gold. Good goalkeeping from Fabianski. You know, a proven international goalkeeper. Um, you know, like the likes of, um, you know, Jared Bowen, who I guess. He he could cut it sometimes, but <laughs> Mikel Antonio, Ben Rama, another good player, Declan Rice, who's been, you know, mentioned a ton of times with the transfers to like big sides, and um, maybe it's their defensive kind of getting older. Like Agbon has been there for a long time. Emerson uh, on the wing there was like a lone a lone knee at Chelsea all the time, but you know, even like Lanzini, Danny Ings coming off the bench too <laughs> now. Like Suchek was a big player for them last year as well. Yeah. Like they have a good team. I just don't know what's not yeah. clicking for them. Is it is it goals? Is it, what is it? I don't know. I that, I think that's why you need like those specialty like guys like Sean Dyche to come in for like when teams are struggling. Just like figure out because like I don't know. <laughs> They've only scored nineteen goals this year, which is yeah, you know, lower tier for sure. The least amount of goals scored on the season is sixteen by Everton. Then you got a couple seventeens. Southampton has eighteen, and then West Ham nineteen. So as a bottom six. Yeah. At least for for goals four, but only twenty seven again. Like twenty seven is not that bad. 
Yeah. Like, the other, the, like, you know, Brentford's getting up 29, but they're in eighth place because they're yeah, scoring. This is a goal scoring issue. Yeah. Looks like. Yeah. Need. Yeah. Need some goals to come from somewhere. Then you have Leeds scoring 28 goals, but they're giving up 38. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's. Just, that's a defensive issue. <laughs> <laughs> Not scoring goals is it a goal scoring issue. Ugh. Getting too yeah. many goals scored against. I mean, yeah, I guess when you look at the stats, it does kind of like tell you what what the issue is. Mm-hmm. It really does, I guess. Like it's it is like black and white sometimes. Like you try and break down and evaluate. Oh, what's going on? This team was bad. This team like. This team doesn't score a lot, and they get scored on a lot. <laughs> like, it's not very good. Like, this team so, doesn't get scored on that much. They don't score a lot. Southampton, like eighteen goals for forty against. You're probably gonna be in twentieth. Yeah. Can't. Like, Did they, they fire the two managers this year? Um, maybe because they had Hassan Hoodle. Yeah. And they let him go, and I'm pretty sure they just let go whoever came in for him. Yeah. One of those news that just came out a couple of days ago. Uh, I forget his name. It's kind of irrelevant, I think. But yeah, I'm pretty sure they just fired like two managers in the same season, which I don't know if I've seen yeah, that. Yeah, that's like, that's asking for like disaster. Could Chelsea do that this year? I don't think they'll fire. Think. If they fire Grand Potter, they're going to bring in someone. You would think pretty because they went with Grand Potter because he was like the up and coming guy with Brighton. They're like, oh, he could be good. If Chelsea bring in someone, they're going to wait to bring in someone hopefully high profile. Mm-hmm. Um. But I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what's gonna happen with Chelsea. I thought it'd be like Simeone, possibly. That's what I was thinking too. Um, it'd probably be someone like that if they do move on from Grand Potter. In which case, they'll probably keep him till the end of the season, give him the summer to build, rebuild again, rebuild the team, and hopefully not let him go. But then, <laughs> the like, season. how bad would that look on the on ownership though? Too, like you just bring in this guy after maybe six, seven games after firing Tuchel, you give him a six hundred million dollar paycheck or. Six hundred million dollar budget to go buy players, and then you let him go. They yeah. they did the same. It was kind of similar to Tuchel. They gave him a ton of money to build a team in the summer, and then fired him. So that oh, they, they can't. Just kept him. They should have just kept Tuchel, to be honest. If oh. they if they were looking, if they really didn't like him that much, because they didn't really give him that much time with his team. To be yeah, I think he was there for like a year and a half. I think him and Lampard had the same amount of like time. Yeah, it was like fifteen months or something. Or yeah, it's fourteen months. That was very strange. I don't know. I think they should have waited until at least the January transfer window to make that switch. How do you evaluate well, at least the World on like yeah, a month know. into the season? Like, at the, they were like know. fifth or like yeah. sixth. Like they weren't like oh God. no. I think they. It was just that game when they lost in Hungary. I think uh, in the Champions League. Was it Hung- no? It was uh, Czech Republic. Yeah, because it lost to Salvia Prague, I think. Is that who it was? I think so. I don't know. What, whatever that, it's whatever that, that game was. That was a game. Whatever that, that game was. Or was but, it Shakhtar? I don't know. But still, something squirrely happened there. Like, it must have been more than just the results. Because yeah, they were in fifth, and you spent a ton of money. Like they should have gave him at least another couple of months to try and dig him out of that hole. And they did just win Champions League. I think one of the funniest things about that was. They brought a bombing in because Tuchel was like the coach. Yeah. Because they have that rapport from Dortmund. And then he leaves like a week later. Yeah. That was... And then bombing's like barely played since then. Yeah. And it's like, well, I came here because Tuchel was the guy that like I like and I know him and we've played together and he knows like my style. And then he's gone in a week. <laughs> it's like, oh, what the hell, man? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is why I came yeah. here. Probably yeah. super stressful for him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess he's barely, I think he might have one goal, one, two goals in the season. Yeah. Like in total of all competitions. And then he just barely played. And 
uh, Potter had to put forth his his Champions League like roster. He didn't put a bombing on there. A few of the new signings in January didn't make the cut to go on there either. Mm-hmm. So they go into the game today against Dortmund. And they lose one nil. It's like you can't even use half the guys that you brought in because you don't have them on your your Champions League squad. Oh yeah. Oh, this team's just in shambles, man. Like there hasn't <laughs> been one bright spot all year. Spending the money is one thing. Which, like, again, it gets it's flashy. It made a lot of news. Everyone's kind of talking about Chelsea for maybe the wrong reasons, but like, I can't mention one bright spot this entire season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, very, very tough from a Chelsea perspective. So we'll have to see. I think gotta like dust it off. See what happens next year. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I have to dust it off. I do, but it's just hard because it's like this is the only team that I watch that I actually care about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like wins and losses. Like if I watch hockey or like basketball, it's, ah, it's whatever. But like when I watch this team, like it literally hurts me to watch this team sometimes because it's like I know they can be so much better than they are. Yeah, and I know they can do so much more than they're doing, but they just like they just stink. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's always someone they're like stinky. It would just be interesting to see a season where like the top six are like all doing well. Yeah, <laughs> it's like never talking about that. Yeah, can't happen. There's <laughs> so always gonna be one or two outliers, and then, I mean Liverpool as well this year too. Right. Yeah. Liverpool, can you like the table for a sec? Yeah, Liverpool's playing Newcastle this weekend, which would be a really nice game to watch um, from a neutral standpoint. <laughs> Liverpool's just like all over. <laughs> That's the only thing I can say from Three a Chelsea li- point of view is like, hey, Liverpool's doing just as bad as we are. So One loss, one draw, th- or one win, one draw, three losses. In the last five, yeah. Very, not a, very strange. I mean, that big win was against Everton in the Merseyside Derby, so... That could be like their turnaround game. Yeah. That can kind of you know light the fire under their butt to to try and make a push into I don't even know what, just <laughs> out of ninth place maybe. Because I don't know if they're going to have a successful second half of the season. Like I don't know what that would mean for these teams because Chelsea in tenth, Liverpool in ninth, being you know ten points back uh, of Newcastle for the last Champions League spot, it's going to be extremely hard to crawl back ten points. Yeah. In like the last half of the season with only you know, 17, 18 games to play. So I don't know what, like Potter must have came to the board and said, hey, like I can do this second half of the season or these are your requirements for second half of the season, they might say to him, like hit these objectives and like we'll be happy. I don't know what they could have said to him. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Finish sixth. <laughs> you're just like, like beat Brighton maybe. Like that's like your you're objective. You're probably going to finish like between seventh and 10th. I mean, I think like, Tottenham, Newcastle, Man U, they're all playing. They're doing like well enough. Just enough, yeah. Yeah. And I don't see, like, especially with how solid Newcastle, I don't see a big slide coming out of any of those teams. Like, I don't see a disaster coming. I think, you know, Antonio Conte's got everyone dialed in. Newcastle's pretty dialed in. Tenag somehow turned Man U around. So. Yeah, I don't see Liverpool Chelsea doing it. You know, maybe, maybe they squeak into Europa League somehow. If Tottenham, you know, keeps dropping points, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, it, there are things that can be attainable that, like, will will show success, I guess. But like, it's just it's going to take a lot of work to get there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and a lot of help. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Because I mean, if, you have, if you have the, to win like all your games, yeah, like <laughs> if the top half of the table like just keeps on doing what they've been doing basically all season. Like running at, you know, a, what is it? Like, I don't know, 50% clip of winning games. 
Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to catch them. No. Right. Mm-hmm. No, you will not. Like bright, yeah, Brighton, Fulham, um, and even Brentford are like getting how how make this how do I make this make sense? They're getting points in more than half their games, right? Either whether they yeah. be wins or losses, yeah. Where Chelsea is just not. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah, I'm uh, praying for your team. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Okay, it's just uh, uh, it's it's just hard because again, like their team, they're just such a good team. Like they have on paper, they have the capabilities. It's just putting it all together. It's just very hard to like watch happen or try mm. to happen week in week out. Yeah, because like Potter doesn't even know what he's doing. He's changed the lineup every single time. Guys are still hurt, so he doesn't know who is actually going to be like his like number one fit all the time. In a perfect world, he would love to have Enzo Fernandez and Angola Conte next to each other. Yeah. But yeah. no one knows what Angelo Conte's return to play is. Pulisic, Pulisic is hurt now. Sterling is still hurt on the wings, so that's going to diminish you know, what they can do on the wings with their players. They have new guys coming in that have only played one or two games in England, like all the new transfers, like Enzo, Maduke, uh, Fofana, Felix. Like They've only played a couple of games. Mudrik hasn't really gone going yet either. So there's like five, six guys that have barely even played English football. Yeah. Where other teams like Newcastle, they bring in some guy who's like already played English like football before, like Trippier. Trippier comes in last year from um, from Atletico. Yeah, a guy who's already familiar with the game and like with the league. Ultimate impact. Yeah, he's their captain now. Yeah, like just killing it. I mean, that's what I like about Newcastle. They came in and they're just being very methodical, mm-hmm. which I like. Which is why they're probably going to be like, well, they're already in the top four. Like, if they continue on this trend and make some really good signings in the summer they'll probably be tough for again yeah you would think so and even with Man U too with signing Casemiro like we said they didn't go out there and try and find like a 22 year old like youthful up and coming player they found like an established world class well I mean <laughs> thankfully because like the, no, I know the they people they were looking the people they were looking at before that were like what no then they definitely need that's exactly what we were saying that they needed to bring in was somebody who could yeah. like, solidify their midfield but they didn't go like try and risk it on like a 25 year old or 24 year old I mean to be fair, they did almost try and get Rabio, which is <laughs> questionable. <laughs> which is that uh, been good, to be honest. Like, I don't know how the Casemiro. I don't know how that happened. It's like oh, like Rabio <laughs> falls through, and Casemiro shows up on the plate. It's like yeah, we'll take him. Yeah, because they were looking at Arnautovic and like these very strange. Like that's not going to fix your issues. Arnautovic would be ridiculous. That'd be funny in the locker room though. Like and then um, dynamics. They're like oh, they're going after Casemiro. It's like that would be good, but like probably false. And it's like oh, he's going. <laughs> yeah what like if you can do that like that's that's huge and that's kind of what i was hoping chelsea would do bring someone in that's already again like established to help your team yeah because now like they're super young like they're not yeah. as young as arsenal is i don't think i mean tiago silva himself kind of just sets that over with his like 40 year old age um but other than that like they're like a really young team where again like they don't have any real proven winners on their team like because a lot of guys that won the Champions League are kind of gone or like they were not like super involved and it's just, it's just different. Yeah, it's a different team now, and the coach is different, and it's it's a whole different vibe. Yeah. So it, the Chelsea experiment experiment is on, and it's real. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm along for the ride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whether I want to be or not. Yeah. Um, your weekend schedule is as followed. Let me get this here. Um, early morning on Saturday, Arsenal and Aston Villa. Arsenal looking to bounce back. Brentford Crystal Palace, Wolves and Bournemouth. Oh, that's a nice little back of the end of the uh, table there battle. Brighton Fulham, 
was that six v seven? Yep. Think? Yeah. Yep. Um, Everton leads another relegation battle. Damn, we got some good games on today or well, this weekend. Chelsea Southampton. If Chelsea doesn't win this game, I turn my TV off and I'm probably gonna throw it down the stairs. Nottingham <laughs> Forest and Man City, Newcastle and Liverpool is the big one on Saturday at twelve thirty. Mm. Man U and Leicester is always a good battle too. And Tottenham and West Ham London Derby rounds off your weekend. That is a late game on Sunday. Whew. Should be fun. What are the big mm-hmm. standout games for you guys here? Um, yeah, I mean Everton leads. Obviously, that's going to be a big battle. Um, interested to see how Arsenal is going to jump back uh, after a big loss. Um, but obviously, Newcastle Liverpool is going to be a doozy. Mm-hmm. So, I think Arsenal have like they're going away to Villa. Where's Villa standing mid table? Yeah, I think. that's. That's a huge. That's, a huge that's odd. This is oddly like a really, really big game for it's Arsenal. It's a huge game for them to like get back. I on mean, because Villa way, Villa way is not going to be easy. Um, coming off two losses, Aston Villa. Yeah, so they're going to be looking to you know bounce back. Mm-hmm. Arsenal two, like two commanding losses, two four two to Leicester and three one to Man City. Yeah. So, Arsenal have to win this game. You can't go to like a Aston Villa side that's. Struggling a little bit, and it could be a must win, but I don't, I don't need a convincing win though. No, you yeah. just have to win. Yeah, like, yeah you yeah. can get a squeaky bum like two one, uh, two one. Just win. get the win. You're on a losing streak or dropping points streak. <laughs> winless, winless, <laughs> winless dropping streak. Point streak. <laughs> dropping point streak. Yeah, you don't want to make that three no. into a four on the on the winless route. No, right here. you do not. Um, what else did I say? Everton and Leeds. Yeah. So that's 17 versus 18 tied on, or Everton's one point back of them. So if the win, they'll jump ahead out of relegation. I think they're going to be flip-flopping out of their relegation, you know, the rest of the season. Yeah. I always think. But yeah, getting a coach like Sean Dyche, he can really help them out there. Bournemouth 18th, again, like they can just win and get out of relegation <laughs> could, as well. Yeah, you um, could just win. Playing against Wolves. And yeah, like I said, the Newcastle, Liverpool, a little spicy one. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, High power Liverpool offense, who are kind of trying to make their way back into the top ten and solidify that spot. And Newcastle just looking to do their thing. Yeah, yeah, should be good. <laughs> you good? <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> I want to thank everyone for listening. You can get the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. <laughs> It'll be up on YouTube as well. Um, yeah, if you can, leave a comment, uh, leave a like on everything. It really helps the channel. really helps the, the podcast out as well. You good, boys? Good. Good. All right. Thank you for listening, and we will tune in next week after all the week's action. See you, everyone. See you. Ciao.